Yep, you're an early adapter, so like all, everything is still compatible with the past. Yeah, you're an early adopter with lots of adapters, that's for sure. <laughs> you're early adapter. <laughs> Hello, I'm Radek. I'm Michael. And this is the podcast. A sounding board for interesting ideas and insights. We discuss books we read and want to share with you, as well as technology and productivity, which is what we do by day working on our app, Nasby. Or whatever else comes to mind. So this is, will be a rather unusual episode because we won't be talking about productivity or business or books or ideas much. Uh, it'll be a technology episodes well you know technology episode in our case we'll be talking about your new macbook pro which is actually a new computer for you which helps you get your things done so i think it is quite relevant to to to, to productivity because our yeah. tool set our devices are pretty relevant to what we do yeah i guess well anyway if if you're not interested in technology or apple that's fine you can skip this episode we'll just talk about technology and if you're interested I think we should jump right to it. Yeah. So um, you have a new MacBook Pro, the thinner, the 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 you know uh, revolutionary revolutionary magic without any normal USB ports uh, mm. uh, kind of computer, right? Uh, that's right. Uh, my previous computer was a, a late 2013 MacBook Pro Retina 15 inch, and now I have the the you know top of the line. 15-inch MacBook Pro with the touch bar, with the USB-C ports, all that stuff. Yeah. The, the, so um, this the, these new MacBook Pros they were they were announced this 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 fall and they shipped you know just just you know now before Christmas to people who ordered them. I don't have one. I I actually haven't played with any of them. Um, didn't have time to play with them. But you own one and you can compare it to your old one and tell us what you think about it. Yeah, so it seems like uh, there uh, there are three people in the company who got the, the new 15-inch MacBook Pros. Uh, there was me upgrading from the previous generation. There was Tom who had a 2012 13-inch MacBook Pro, so that's a big upgrade for him. And Rafa was switching from the the, the ridiculous MacBook One with just one USB-C port, so also a big upgrade. So for me. Uh, it was, I suppose, the the the, the smallest upgrade, uh, but I, I still wanted to have it because, uh, you know, first of all, it's the new generation, it's the new thing. There's the touch bar, and being a Mac developer, I thought it's probably a good idea to be on top of this stuff uh, in case this is big and it turns out to be important. And also, I I you know I I always want to have more performance. Um, you know, working as a developer, it, it always, always uh, makes sense to have more. Uh, so I do. Uh, and I, I suppose when talking about a, a computer, there, there's like two main categories uh, of things to discuss. There's performance and there's features, everything else. Yeah. Uh, so performance-wise, performance, performance -wise, this computer is a bit underwhelming. In my opinion, uh, the the CPU upgrade is a bit embarrassing. Now, this isn't Apple's fault; it's Intel's. I mean, come on, this is they are two generations ahead of the last one, right? Yeah, 
two generations, three in years. In theory, two generations. So it should be really fast. Like, like, you know, according to Moore's law, it should be really, you know, blowing your pants off. But it isn't. It's 22% faster in benchmarks. <laughs> and that's even with the fact that I got the, you know, extra $200 upgrade. Like this literally has the best, the fastest, you know, 45 watt, you know, CPU Intel offers. And it's still just 22% faster than the three-year-old computer, which didn't have the extra upgrade. He was just a regular, you know, 15-inch MacBook Pro. It's really not not that much faster. Yeah, and and that sucks. That really sucks. Because, look, iOS devices improve on a rate of 30 to 50% a year in terms of CPU performance. Like, they are so fast uh, compared to what they are that, you know, when you upgrade year to year from the newest to the newest generation, you don't feel the difference because you were so fast already. But when you jump like two or three generations, so, you know, two or three years ahead, uh, the software evolves so fast, needing more and more power and CPUs evolve so fast that two or, two or three years in iOS land is massive. And here, 20%, seriously? Uh, so that's sad. Uh, GPU is faster, but only because it's a uh, dedicated GPU, uh, which has its own problems. So my, my previous Mac only had the Intel integrated uh, GPU. Uh, and, uh, you know, it has its own problems, but uh, I'll get to that later. And there's the SSD, and that had some amazing improvements. So the reads are three times as fast. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, this this previous computer was like the fastest laptop in terms of SSD performance. It went like 700 megabytes per second or something. This does two gigabytes per second. Oh, that's really fast. And the writes are like 10 or more times faster. It's it's great. Yeah, I think the writes are just amazingly you know faster. Yeah, they're, they're almost as fast as reads, which was not true at all uh, with the previous SSD. Uh, so, so that's a big difference. So all in all, like on a on a real world benchmark, like compiling the iOS app uh, for Nosby in Xcode, that's like forty percent uh, improvement. So it's okay, but uh, I wish it was more. Not mind blowing, really. No, it's not. And then there's features. So you know, if the performance was underwhelming, but the features were great, then they'll be good. That was the case. Uh, four years ago, the original Retina MacBook Pro in 2012. Uh, performance-wise, the first generation was not so amazing, especially the 13-inch, which uh, had a very poor GPU performance, uh, which you can ask uh, Tom, who just upgraded to the new one. Uh, but but the features were great, right? It was a lot thinner, a lot lighter, and it had the Retina display. And it was like all SSD architecture. It was a huge jump. Uh, but the features in the new MacBook Pro, they're mixed bag. Like, they're they're good, they're an improvement, but not clear-cut uh, as we wish it were. So, uh, battery life. That's the thing a lot of people complain about on the internet. As far as I can tell, the complaints are exaggerated. That uh, People talk about, you know, two or three hour battery life. That's, that doesn't happen. So if it happens to people, that's either like bad, uh, you know, bad models. Like some people, some people might just had an, a manufacturing error. That sometimes happens with Apple hardware. They they have some issues which are limited to some, uh, some batches, 
or it's a firmware issue. For me, the battery life is not amazing, but it's not it's not worse or it's not you know a lot worse than the the previous generation, which is not you know satisfying. It should be a lot better. So so previously, uh, the MacBook Pro was advertised to last eight hours on like web browsing, and this one is advertised to do ten. Now here's the thing, uh, it almost never did 8 in the previous generation and it will almost certainly almost never do 10 hours in this generation. And I wish it was like 12, you know, it, it should be more, it should be like MacBook Air, but it's not. Uh, the The bottom, the bottom of um, power consumption should be lower because it has the new uh, Skylake processor from Intel, which is more efficient when idle than Haswell but the top is a lot higher. Uh, this computer, it has a dedicated GPU. So instead of you know 47 watts of the CPU, it's like 80 watts of CPU plus GPU adds like full load. It has a smaller battery. Instead of 95 watt hours, it's 75 watt hours. So that's, that's a problem, right? Uh, four years ago, we got a big jump like th- that, you know, from the 2008 era to 2012 era MacBook Pro, we went down by half a kilogram and like half a centimeter uh, thinner or something like that. It was a huge difference. And as far as I can remember, there was no impact on battery life or maybe it was even better, I don't remember, right? And here it's at best the same and at worst, you know, 25% or, or more uh, lower battery, battery life. So that's that really sucks. But it is still half a kilo lighter and it is a smaller footprint, right? But it's not. It, it's only a little bit thinner. It's like the the, the, the thickness and, and weight difference are small enough to, you know, they're perceivable, but they're not obvious. It's like 200 grams lighter. Hmm. If it was a big difference, then it would suck. But then at least you, you, you'd feel why you made this, uh, this trade-off. But here it's like, okay, I kind of wish it was the, you know, one millimeter thicker and, you know, 200 grams uh, uh, heavier <laughs> because I, I pretty much wouldn't feel it. It's only at a, you know, half a kilogram jump that you can obviously feel it. And at least I would get better by life and not worse. Yeah, but, but, but by footprint, I also mean not just thinner. I mean that, that it's also like in width and height. It's 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 smaller, the processor, because it has like, yes. you know, smaller border know from the screen so it just they just squeeze the computer a little bit you know, smaller yeah that's that's true it's a tiny bit smaller but mm-hmm. it's it's not a big difference it's more mostly like a design difference mm-hmm. uh, so then there's the ports it's it's another like mixed bag and again I think people really overreacted so the MacBook Pro has four USB-C ports and a, and a headphones jack thankfully uh, and nothing else it doesn't have USB-A it doesn't have uh, the old type lightning port doesn't have HDMI, doesn't have an SD card slot, none of that, just USB-C. For me, I think that's great. It's painful for sure. You need to get a lot of new cables and adapters. Dongle gate. Yeah, but you know what? USB-C is the future I've wanted for years. Like I, I, I literally wrote on my blog about it four years ago. It's like one standard for everything, for you know, simple, cheap data, for really fast bandwidth data, for power, for video, for everything. One 
just one port. It's small, it's sturdy, it has this nice click when you when you plug it in. It's it's you know it's solid, it's reversible. Uh, there's no difference between host and device, so there's no this you know stupid USB A, USB B thing. It's just the cable is the same on both sides. It's future proof. It's designed so that it can have like alternate modes. So if there's a new type of USB. Uh, you know, a faster USB, you can do that. It has plenty of spare leads on, in the in the in the port. It's a it's a great port. Yeah, I, I when I like when I saw the the presentation, um, uh, and especially the fact that suddenly you can connect. Like if you get, for example, the display that they recommend, the LG display that um, the five K display or whatever that connects uh, with the USB C port to this MacBook Pro, you can actually connect it with one cable and this one cable will drive the, the screen and will also drive power to the laptop so with one cable in theory you could have everything you have to you could have your entire docking station you know around your screen so all you have to do is just, just plug in with one cable your laptop and you know automatically you are connected to everything and you have the external screen which for example for me was always a pain when i was using the the thunderbolt display Mm-hmm. Uh, especially in the MacBook Air, that you ha- you had to have two cables that that went to actually to, to to do two opposite sides of the computer, which was really awkward and looked really ridiculous. That's right. So personally, I'm very excited about USB-C. It's just that if you buy this computer, you have to accept it as you're living in the future, and living in the future is painful. Yep, you're an early adapter, so like all everything is still compatible with the past. Yeah, you're an early adopter with lots of adapters, that's for sure. <laughs> you're early adapter. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, of course, it, it has downsides, right? With USB-C, not all cables and ports are the same. MagSafe, uh, you know, it'll be sad. MagSafe was great. It was an awesome technology. Uh, personally, I don't think that's a problem. I, I, don't, I don't have in my life um, scenarios where I would feel like, not having MagSafe is, is like changes uh, everything. The fact that it snaps off, and because it's USB-C and you can plug power to any uh, any cable, you can have standardized. You know, you ha- you can have any vendor just produce this this little thing that that uh, that you you plug to one of the USB-C ports that that makes the uh, that does the same thing as MagSafe that snaps off uh, with a magnet. And some 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 company actually already did that, so that's that's the that's the bright future of one like uh, standard, an open standard. Yeah, and and again, I mean, f- 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 what I just said about the screen is uh, like also relevant to like um, a good hub. So you can mm. have a hub with lots of different ports, and then it, it connects still with one just cable to your MacBook Pro. Which was, I was always envious when I when I switched, for example, from um, ThinkPad. Uh, which was a hideous computer, but it had a very nice docking station. So, uh, so uh, the advantage was that I had nothing connected to my ThinkPad when I was using it on my lap, but I would just plug it to my docking station and then I would connect to everything. And Macs never had a universal docking station because they would just use different ports. Right. So, so, so that's, that's, that's very cool. Oh, and there's the SD card slot, which is not there. So if someone actually used it, then... You know, I, I empathize that that sucks. Uh, but overall, I think the move to USB C is is the right thing to do. And of course, that they could make the transition smoother. You know, put USB C 
in their computers before switching all in. But I think the 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 timing just wasn't right. I don't think they would like to put USB-C in MacBook Pro before Thunderbolt 3, which uses this USB-C port, uh, was released. And at the time it was released, it was now, which was like time for a redesign. So it just, the timing was off for, for a smoother transition. But overall, I, I think that's the, the right way to go. Uh, and, and speaking of Thunderbolt 3, uh, I think that's awesome. I, this is something I, I've wanted in my previous Mac, uh, which is that Thunderbolt 3 is capable of, of moving 40 gigabits per second, which is necessary for, uh, for a 5K display. So I have a 4K display and that's nice, but I would like to have a larger screen with the same uh, pixel density. So now, right now it's very expensive to get a 5K display, but but soon, in a year or so, it, it should be uh, a reality that's accessible uh, to anyone who, who wants it. So that's cool. And next up, touch bar. Uh, I only had, had this machine for about a week, so it's too early to say if it's worth the downsides. Uh, you can obviously see some utility to it. You know the uh, the system uh, controls are kind of nice. You can you know you can do sliding to adjust brightness or volume instead of you know clicking multiple times. Sometimes there there's not there are nice shortcuts that are uh, that are shown on the touch bar, like when I was just opening QuickTime to start the recording, it showed me on the touch bar the settings uh, to choose the the input source, you know, the microphone or the, inter- the internal microphone in the Mac. And I was surprised, I was like, oh, nice. It's like, I can see it now. I don't have to go to settings to change that. So that's nice. There's obviously some utility to it, but it's it's not obvious how much, and it's not obvious if they're worth the downsides. And the downsides are obvious. Like, you lose the physical buttons. You don't have escape, which you can... Yeah, but come on. I mean, what kind of buttons you lose? You lose buttons that were either used for, you know, uh, switching the volume or switching the brightness of the screen only because, actually, Max switched the F1, F2, F3, which were useless, uh, into these uh, um, other buttons. So, really, you use a button... Well, well, F1 and whatnot were useless, but by themselves, but they were changed to something useful. I don't have a physical escape button. I can't feel it. Well, the escape button is the, you know, this the, the programmer's problem. They, they, everybody is, you know, crying over this. But apart from the escape, you know, escape gate, I applaud Apple for getting rid of this stupid row of keys, which wasn't used all that much, and to change it into something even more useful. So, like, of course, in the end, we'll see how much, how, how useful it, 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 it's going to be. Uh, but, but really, I mean, this this I, I think they 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 did right. I mean, like according to <laughs> to my usage, uh, this is the, the the row of keys that could have been customized, and now it can be customized in a very cool way. So it could always be customized. Yeah, but but you know, but this is this is I mean, yeah, geeks can customize anything. Of course, you can get apps on the Mac that can customize the whole thing for you. But I'm I'm saying that. Regular people who are who who are, or even you know regular pro pro people who who don't have to customize anything they have this this, this touch bar being customized for them just like you said in an application that you launch mm-hmm. an application it's being customized for you right 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 there um, and I think you know I think it's a it's a great idea to to get rid of the sum you know of these 
um, like F1, F2 keys are a, a relic of, of, of past. They, are, they, they belong in a museum. And now they decided, let's, let's just get rid of it, those uh, and, and try to, to do something different. And I think it's, it's a great. Well, the escape thing, it might be a programmer's problem, but it is a MacBook Pro, you know? It's a machine that costs like close to $3,000. It is for geeks. It's not for normal people. Uh, I also applaud Apple for, for doing it. I think that's that's awesome that they didn't forget about the Mac and they're experimenting with new input-output um, uh, paradigms. I think that's awesome. But but I'm just saying, I it's only been a week and I can't say how I feel about it in a year when it becomes the new norm. But I'm just telling you, I I can't, you know, when I want to change the song, change volume, I can't do it without looking at the keyboard. And it's not a big problem because it's a laptop, right? I, I don't have to like move my whole head to see what's on the touch bar. It's a tiny problem. It, it's been exaggerated by many people, that's for sure. But, but still, uh, it's... The thing about physical keyboards that you don't have on an iPad is that you can feel the keys. You can you can have your fingers resting on them and just press when you want to press them. And that's that's very useful. And you don't have that with the touch bar. You have to press it at just the right moment, hovering, you know, above the right uh the right place. And it's very difficult to to do it as part of your flow doing something you know, on a pro level, very quickly, using your keyboard a lot, uh, without actually moving your eyes to 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 see if you're tapping in the right place. Well, maybe, My, but may, but I think in the future uh, you'll get used to it and you'll appreciate it more. And especially that when the apps start discovering how uh, this strip of of iOS goodness it can be used um, to advantage, you uh, you will see the the, the, the potential there. Um, it, it reminds me really of, of a little bit of the you know iPhone introduction when iPhone was introduced. Everybody said, you know, there is no keyboard. It's so bad. There is no keyboard. And look now, there, there, there are like phones with keyboards are dead. Um, so do you really compare the touch bar to iPhone? Yeah, but 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 no, no, I don't compare the the change. What I compare is the mindset. Uh, I compare that from people was like, yeah, but we could do, we could type without looking and stuff. I mean, you can still type without looking, uh, and you know, maybe I'm more open to this because I can touch type on a freaking iPad on on a, on a on a glass keyboard. So can I, but it's not as fast or as reliable. Well, it's almost as fast. Uh, I am I am like. You know, ten to fifteen percent slower on the keyboard, on the on the on the glass keyboard than on a tra- traditional keyboard. So it's not that bad. And but what, what I'm saying, it is possible. But uh, uh, but this short, small downside is is opening up new possibilities and new possibilities that you know we will see in the future what the, what the future holds for them. Well, I certainly hope you're right because they did it and there's no going back, right? And yeah, I really prefer a future that I don't hate. So. Uh, here's to uh, successful touch bar okay uh, next up is touch ID which is amazing obviously it it should have been here already I'm glad it's there Uh, it makes not just logging into your Mac easier but every time you do something that requires uh, an admin password which admittedly happens a lot uh, more often if, if you're a geek and you know, uh, digging into system internals often, but 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 the point is, you have this authentication method 
that they're just there. You don't have to type your password uh, really often. So you can just, you know, tap your finger and it's there, which means you can have a really good password and it, it's not annoying because you rarely have to actually type it. So I, I, I'm experiencing kind of this, this magic because uh, I'm using my Apple Watch to unlock my uh, iMac. And it's been working um, not really reliably in the first version of macOS Sierra, but now after the update, it's been working very consistently with me. So uh, I just press enter on the keyboard to wake up my iMac, and then um, almost instantly I'm being logged in using the Apple Watch. So mm-hmm. I've already been, been you know, experiencing this, but I'm missing the second part that you mentioned. Uh, being here with my Apple Watch, I would love not to type my, you know, administrative password when I have to, you know, do something. I still have mm-hmm. to do it. Uh, they didn't extend the, the the watch authentication to that, um, and nor should they, in my opinion. Well, but there should be at least an option, you know. And if, you know, I would love that option because I would actually choose it. So, um, uh, for me, um, this you know this is this would be really really important. But yes, I totally agree that Touch ID should have been added to the um, uh, to the to the Mac line um, long ago, actually. Yeah, and just as as Touch Bar, uh, there is an API for it, just like on iOS. So developers can take advantage of Touch ID and use it for their own authentication. So, for example, one password added an option that you can unlock your 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 keychain uh, with your finger. Which is good. Yeah, this is what what, I, what I've been using on my iPhone and iPad all the time, right? Right, and now it's on the Mac. Perfect. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I will add the Touch Bar support to Nosby on the Mac in three point five, and Touch ID it's is uh, is not you know not anywhere close on on the list, but there's certainly an, an idea that we could in in principle use Touch ID both on the Mac and on iOS if someone wants to, to add like an additional security step to unlock your, your app. So that would be cool. Yeah, I, I've been, I, I appreciated this uh, in a few apps um, when uh, when I was sharing an iPad with my uh, daughters. So I, I would have a few, like I, like I have an iPad, I, you know, we can link to an episode where we talk that I have too many iPads. But so one of the iPads I, I use with my daughters, um, uh, I decided to install also some of my pro apps on this iPad to be able to access mm. some of my data, um, like Dropbox, uh, um, some some writing apps, so that I could, you know, if I needed to to change something quickly, quickly I would be able to just grab my daughter's iPad, like the, not it's not her iPad, but the iPad that she uses for for game for games, and just go to my apps and just uh, do some changes and, and publish them right away. And these apps all support um, uh, locking in, I mean, locking with a with a touch uh, with a touch ID and with a, with a with a passcode. Mm-hmm. So um, that's why we are thinking about adding this to Nosby that we could th- this way, you know, to add additional layer of security uh, that, for example, my daughter would never be able to, you know, open my Nosby app and start <laughs> tinkering with my uh, tasks. Yeah. Uh, next up, screen. Uh, it's the best one I've seen, period. <laughs> the the previous was already like pretty much the best. Uh, and this one is better yet. Uh, it's brighter, uh, which is useful when you're like on a balcony or in a train in the middle of the summer and there's like a lot of uh, a lot of light, then it'll be difficult to see anything. This one is brighter on the top setting. Uh, it has less glare. It's a bit less reflective, uh, which is 
which is great. We still haven't invented the magical technology which allows the glass to not be reflective uh, in, a, in a mirror fashion, but we're inching closer and closer, so I'm glad about that. Also useful uh, in uh, highlight situations. And it has better colors. It, it moves beyond sRGB. It, it has the same thing the new iPads and iPhones have, where the colors get even more intense. Uh, which is awesome for for photography. I've I've noticed the the, the change. I, rem- I remember back in the day when I switched from the Thunderbolt display, which was very very like mirror like glare, glary, uh, and and to the iMac, the 5K iMac. So the mm-hmm. screen was just so much better. It was right now, of course, the first thing, but second thing was also a, a lot less like reflective. So for me, it was big big selling point. And uh, here in my home mm-hmm. office, I have lots of light. I have big windows here. And I work on my iMac, and there is no problem with that. So uh, I know that you know, for a laptop especially, that you put in different angles, uh, under, as, as much of under reflection as you can is always better. Yeah, uh, the keyboard. I'm not hundred percent sure about it. It's one of those mixed back things. Uh, I don't hate it, but I'm not sure I love it either. Uh, it has very low key travel. Uh, it feels better than the one in MacBook One. Uh, it is louder though. Uh, but it's you know it's it's not it's not bad. After a week, I I I got used to it, but I don't think that it's a great keyboard. Uh, it's fine, and I I have to say though that 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 the keys they have very low travel, but it is true what they say about the mechanism. It it makes the keys very stable. So even though they're really big, you know the borders are smaller. You you can press it just on the very like edge of it, and it's still like it still clicks very, very stably. So that's the keyboard, you know, whatever. Uh, same story with, with the trackpad. It's massive, which is great. Yeah, I mean, on one of the, you know, uh, FaceTime calls, you compared it to the um, iPad mini and it's almost as big as the iPad mini. So it's really enormous. It's really big. The problem is that uh, when resting your palms on the on the Mac and typing on the keyboard, you will touch it. Now, they, they do a lot of you know clever resting finger detection, uh, similar to what they do on, on iPad actually, uh, but it's, it's not perfect. Sometimes, the, sometimes you're you know, typing and you'll accidentally trigger the, the cursor moving, which is really annoying. I mean, it's a trackpad, it has one job to like, point at things precisely and it doesn't have like 100% um, certainty in a way. It, it's not a, a big problem as far as I can see, but it's another one of, of those things that it's not an obvious win. Uh, mm-hmm. You have more space for gestures, but it's not as if it was a problem before that you don't have a lot of space for gestures. So uh, I don't think that that's going to be a, a, a big problem. Uh, but it's it's not an obvious win. Uh, that's all. All right. Uh, oh, and I forgot to mention that it it's uh, also the the haptic thing. So it's not a real click. It feels like a real click, but it's not. Uh, it feels quite okay. It's configurable. Uh, you can do first click. Uh, you can tap it on. You can click it on the whole surface. They already made this change in in uh, 2015 version of MacBook Pro, uh, but. I know some people dislike it, so uh, just something to have in mind. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, I'm actually more of the tap 
kind of guy than than click kind of guy. So for me, it wouldn't make any difference. Uh, actually, same. I switched to tap to click uh, when I had some RSI issues uh, because, like, I, I didn't want to you know strain my hand unnecessarily. But that also makes the problem with accidentally touching uh, the trackpad with, with your palms while typing a bit worse. So, oh yeah. Uh, okay, uh, another small thing: speakers. Uh, it's like whatever, right? But I, I just noticed that they're amazing for a laptop. I, I've never heard a laptop sound so acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, it it already sounded surprisingly good on the old version but it's like i don't know how they did it but it sounds really good it's it has like pretty much no bass obviously but it sounds good there, there's there's no distortion this is something you 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 think you don't need but then you appreciate it when you have i mean uh, on the iphone 7 uh, plus which i have it's the same they they really amped up the the, the speakers and i I use it a lot to, to, to listen to something and it's really, really good. It's, it's, it's better than, than, than before. Yeah. Uh, another thing, industrial design. That is stunning. A lot of people, I'm sure, wouldn't appreciate it because it looks mostly the same, right? I mean, it, it's not as if they reinvented the laptop, right? It's a refinement of what was already a refined design. Uh, the previous MacBook Pro was a refined version of the 2008 MacBook Pro. But you know what? After a week of having this new laptop, I, for the first time I opened my old laptop because I only used it uh, connected to the screen. And it looked so old. It looks so 2012. <laughs> I was just stunned, like, wow. Those, those borders around the screen, why are they so big? You know, why are the holes between keys so big? Why, why is this trackpad so tiny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I, you know, it, it's a small thing. Uh, it doesn't matter that much, but I just have to say, uh, this refinement is, is really good. Uh, the color, I, I got the... Space gray. Yeah, that's right. I got the space gray uh, color and it looks great. I, I never get it on iOS bef- because I much prefer uh, white borders around the screen on iOS. But but here it doesn't matter. It's just the color of aluminum and it looks great. Uh, the the borders around everything are smaller. It's just like more of the content. Uh, the, 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 the hinge is redesigned and much better. The gasket around the screen is, you know, makes a smaller gap and it's hard. So before, recently on the old Mac, it started coming off and this is a better design. Uh, it's just, you know, it's it's a much nicer, much better design. Uh, speaking of, as you mentioned, it is a bit smaller uh, because it, it doesn't have, uh, it has smaller margins around the screen. It is a bit thinner. It is a bit lighter. Uh, but it's small enough that I really don't care. Like, I can barely notice it. Uh, it's not the same as four years ago, where the difference was significant. It's a small enough difference that I think most people would probably appreciate it more if we had, you know, 25% more battery life instead. But whatever. Yeah, I'm thinking. So what would be for you the the, the biggest downsides of this computer? Um because you obviously like it. I mean, of course, it's newer, 
a little bit faster and and nicer and 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 just you know new. But um, yeah. from from what I'm hearing is the biggest problems are, are that you know in three years we haven't improved the performance, which should have been just astronomically faster, and it's not. Yeah, and the battery life, right? Yes. Uh, the battery life, I mean, again, it's not as if it's a lot worse. It's just, it wasn't good to begin with. I mean, not good enough for 2016. I really want to just use this laptop all day long. Exactly, because I can. especially with the USB-C uh, and, you know, uh, port, this should, you know, I mean, for example, this should what was the selling point of the MacBook One, that you would you would charge, just charge it uh, at night, and in the morning you would unplug it, and you would, you would right. just use it the whole day without charging it, and then you would charge it at night again, just like you do with an iPhone or an iPad. And, but in this case... Right, and, and then it doesn't matter that it has one port because you still have one port. Exactly, you don't use the, the, the other ports. And and uh, I, I, I used to own a MacBook One, I gave it to my mom now, and my mom says she does it exactly like this. She never tra- plugs it in during the day, she just plugs it at night to charge it. And, um, and she's really happy with the MacBook One. Um, and uh, I thought that this change to, to USB-C and the, and the Pro machine sh- I mean, should have meant the same thing. Uh, and it doesn't because, it, as you said, if you want to do Pro stuff like Xcode and, and things, you, you, mm-hmm. you last you know five hours, maybe six hours tops. So it's not the whole day. Probably not. Uh, yeah, exactly. So it's not the whole day of, of, of productivity. So you will have to charge it during the day. So you will have to use uh, the ports to, to charge it. Yeah. Uh, Three more things I want I want to mention. Uh, thermal management, okay, it's mm-hmm. great. It's a, it was already very good, much better than on Air or many other laptops where the fan keeps spinning all the time. But this is amazing. I don't know how they did it. I mean, uh, on the hinge there used to be like a big hole for ventilation. It's not there anymore. There are just two ports on the on the bottom and the and the third on the bottom side on the hinge, and it takes a lot to spin, spin up the fans, and they're much quieter. So uh, it's, v- it's very difficult to get this machine to, to be loud uh, because it's spinning up. It's, it's, they made great progress on it, and I'm not sure how, uh, considering how much, uh, you know, considering this has a dedicated GPU, it has much more, uh, you know, it has a much higher max uh, thermal output, and it's thinner, and it's much better. It's dense, so there are like, all the things inside are like everything is dense, like battery, everything. So yeah. how they did it is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Uh, charger. It's great that you can unplug the cable. The cable is not part of the charger. The charger just has a USB-C port, as yep. you know, similar to what they do with iPhone, iP- iPads, uh, which is great. Um, here's a downside, which is it doesn't have the cable management thing. It used to had had these these uh, wings and a little uh, a little thing where you could just wind the cable around the charger and and stuck the the end of it to the rest of the cable, and that was great because if you want if you need to go around with the charger, it would be easier to pack to pack in a bag. You can do that now. You just have to do something with it. Uh, so that kind of sucks, considering you will need to uh, have your charger with you if you're going to use it this laptop for long. But on the other hand, it's a standard charger. 
right? So you can you can imagine a lot of opportunities with this. You can have just one charger for everything. If you have a USB-C to Lightning port, you can charge your Mac with it, your iPhone with it. When you travel, that's a big deal. You can have a third party create a standard power supply, you know, standard 90 watt power supply with cable management. You can have a third party uh, charger with multiple USB-C ports for your Mac and for your everything else. You can have you can have anyone produce a wall socket with USB-C ports and you could charge your Mac from anywhere. Like this opens up the fact that it's just USB-C opens up a lot of possibilities for for the future. Yeah, I think I think this versatility of the of the USB-C and this is as you said, you're living in the future now, which can be annoying, but but uh, in the long run it's going it's going to be great because now the the third party manufacturers will be pushed to produce um, USB-C compatible devices um, and there will be more market competition there will be um, more more choice and uh, eventually uh, it's going to be a better future and one last thing price <laughs> this computer is very expensive very expensive <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> yeah the the lowest model starts at $1500 but it's not a real MacBook Pro because it's not Pro it's a terrible machine and no one should get it. Don't buy it. Then the real 13-inch MacBook Pro starts at $1,800 compared to $1,300 for the previous generation. $500 more. Then the 15-inch is $2,400, $400 more. And the configuration I got was $2,900. That's insane. Tell me about it. You know, we already bought three of these and... <laughs> You know, the, the the thing is, the thing is that um, uh, we discussed this. I, I, uh, um, like if you compare the 13 inch and 15 inch, um, I think nobody should get the 13 inch unless you really want a smaller computer because the 15 inch is, is, is already a better value proposition. But then again, you have to start with, you know, well above $2,000. Well, th- there is a $600 difference between 13 inch and 15 inch. Yeah, but look at the configurations. I mean, if you want to have a comparable configuration, you're already on the same price point. So I I know you have to go soon, Michael, but I I just wanted to mention my recommendation about this machine. If you have a 2012 Mac or older, buy it. This is a a good, a really good computer. Uh, It has some downsides, but nothing that I would consider a deal breaker. Um, I think... Battery life, ports, touch bar, criticisms have been have been overblown on the internet. There are downsides, but not as big as people say. Uh, if you have a 2013 or 2014 model, as I did, uh, wait, don't buy it unless you really want it because touch bar, uh, because you're a developer, or because you're switching from 13 inch to 15 inch. So it's going to be a big performance difference for you anyway. Uh, but otherwise, for most people, I would recommend not to get it uh, because the the difference is just is just underwhelming. If you're switching uh, to a new computer after two or three years, you expect it to be much faster, and this just isn't. And you can feel it. It's not just Pro Tools. It's like in everything, it should be faster, and it's not. Uh, I would suggest to most people to wait until next year. Uh, that's the rule with most Apple products, uh, with most 
new generations of Macs is that the first iteration in the new generation is always the worst, yeah. uh, often by a lot. Like if you remember the original MacBook Air, oh yeah, it was not a good computer. I had it. I know. I know. But you were an early adopter, but it's not for most people. Yep. The 2012 MacBook Pro, the 13-inch, it was not that great. It was really underpowered. The next year's model was great. The previous model, not great. Yeah, I have the 20, uh, 2013 MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Apple tends to make the leap to a new generation a bit ahead of the curve. And that's the case here. Uh, next year, I think uh, we're probably going to see new processors from Intel. We'll, we'll see KB-like. They'll be faster, they'll be higher clocked, they'll be more efficient. They have the 4K uh, H.265 decoder in hardware, which is great because we'll finally be able to watch Netflix in 4K. Uh, I think they'll, they'll get rid of the dedicated GPU in the 15-inch. They always did it that you had the integrated GPU model for most people and the dedicated GPU model. And for most people, the integrated GPU model was better, not just because it was cheaper, but because it's a real trade-off. If you go with dedicated, you have more power, but if you don't need it, you shouldn't get it because it will it will affect your battery life, which is another thing I forgot to mention. That's also a problem. Uh, and it, it seems like the reason is that 5K, which they really want to push uh, with this new machine, is currently a hack. Uh, like currently 5K displays actually use two smaller, you know, display port streams that they're only treated as one display on, on OS level. And the integrated GPU in the current generation Intel chips uh, thinks they're two displays. And so to be able uh-huh. to, and they can only, uh, they can only do four of these. So you couldn't do two 5K displays, which they really wanted to promote and the internal display. Next year, you'll be able to do it. So if they get rid of it, you'll get lower price, you'll get better battery life. Uh, also, you'll just get lower, uh, lo- lower price. That's almost for sure. That's what happened four years ago. Uh, they slashed the price of 15-inch by yeah, like $200 and $400 with the 13-inch. There, there was a, a big jump in price after one year. That often happens with Apple. USB-C will become a lot more common, uh, a lot cheaper, a lot less painful, uh, 5K displays will become a lot cheaper, so that that's going to be a big selling point because you'll be able to like jump into the future with a big 5K external display. Touch bar will only get better and better. Uh, I'm sure after one year, in the next version of of macOS, it's going to be a lot better after one year of people learning about it. And early production glitches, which always happen, uh, will be fixed. So for most people, wait until next year. <laughs> 